On today's episode, we look at some of the over-unders that will define Miami seasons, from wins and losses to points per game, and where the Heat will end up in the Eastern Conference standings. Plus, Bradley Beal gives some inside perspective on why a trade to the Heat didn't happen. We break it all down on today's Locked On Heat. You are Locked On Heat, your daily Miami Heat podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, welcome to Locked On Heat, your daily podcast on Miami Heat. I'm Wes Holdberg, joining me as always, David Mill. However, you're tuning in on YouTube, Odyssey, podcast app. Thanks so much for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code Locked On NBA for twenty dollars off your first purchase. We're gonna get to our over unders for the Miami Heat season here in a second, but got some news. On this Monday, David, the Heat going on the record in a very bizarre kind of circumstance to say that oh, yeah. they did not trade for Bradley Beal because he wouldn't waive his no trade clause. And this had been reported um, and it's been out there before, but the Heat going on the record with this today uh, in the wake of Bradley Beal telling ESPN that the Heat were his initial favorite trade destination, but that the Heat were dragging their feet. During the process, and of course, that made the social media rounds, and then the Heat responded. What did you make of this? Uh, not much. I, I think, other than the bizarre way in which it all played out, or rather, the the quick response from the Heat to tell us as we were standing in the middle of a practice session, right as the the piece from Mark Spears. I yes. think it was a, a a series of diary entries that Bradley Beal will be making throughout the season now that he's a member of the Phoenix Suns and he's coordinated this with Spears and the Antscape, uh, I guess the umbrella under which Mark writes now. And, and you know, he, he writes a lot about, you know, the trade pursuit, his, his everything in Washington, moving his family out of Washington and the actual trade itself. And, and in there, it's scattered throughout a couple of different paragraphs were mentioned about Miami. And he says flat out, Miami was my choice. He wanted to go to Miami. You for years called Bradley Beal's, no trade clause, basically no trade for anybody but Miami. And it was right. clear from the very first that he wanted to play for Miami. And it just didn't work out that way. But then the way he kind of phrased it in his diary entry, dragging their feet along with his I can, agent. I have the quote here. If you, if you don't, I can Go just for read it. it for our listeners. Let's do it. He goes, my initial favorite was Miami. And so we call Miami. Pat says, let I'll go talk to Mickey Arison and figure it out. It goes on and on and on. And then, like you said, Bradley Beal kind of starts to detail how it, Matt Ishbia starts calling his agent yeah. and says, hey, like, let us in. Because, of course, Beal had the no trade clause, so he could veto any deal. He wasn't even thinking about Phoenix. And there's a little bit of a funny bit here that I want to get to in a second. But um, Matt Ishbia calling Beal's agent, calling Beal's agent, hey, just let us, let us in, right? Let us at least have a conversation. Let me try to sell Bradley Beal on this. And so Beal goes back to his agent, and he's like, and here's the quote. I'm like, okay, what's Miami doing? Dragging feet. And eventually it came to a point where Miami said they just can't do it. The funny part that I hinted at before was that when he thought that the Suns wanted to trade for him, he thought that they were going to trade Devin Booker for him. Right. Which is, <laughs> to me, hilarious. Like that he, he tells the Suns owner, so what? You're going to trade Book? <laughs> Something that, to that effect. Yeah, and it's, like, and then they're like, uh, no. <laughs> no, that's, that, that wasn't the plan there. Right. Thanks, uh, Bradley. Uh, you know, the, the way he phrased it, I don't – I don't think it was necessarily intentional, and I and you kind of hinted at this, or you told me when we were sitting there at practice waiting for to talk to Spo and others. You know, you're like players don't really know 
the full details of what's taking place. And I 100% agree with that notion. Like he is probably not misrepresenting what happened purposely, but the connotation is that Miami was just like hemming and hawing and kind of just like taking their time with it. And that maybe, and I know a lot of Heat fans will take this from it, that Mickey Arison was like, oh no, we can't pay the luxury tax. We're not willing to take on that salary, et cetera. When the reality was that for the Miami Heat, their priority was taking on Beal now, seeing if they could extend their championship window, and then the event it didn't happen, or maybe even in the event that you could win a title, but four or five years down the road when Beal is still under contract, that maybe you can consider unloading that contract somewhere during the last season yes. when he's an expiring contract. Right. They wanted him to waive the no-trade clause, something he wasn't willing to do, and, and ultimately Phoenix, would stop the pursuit from Miami. And obviously Phoenix didn't care. Right. Yeah. And HBO was like, I don't care. Keep your no trade clause. It doesn't matter. And we'll see how that works out four years from now. He Bradley Beal is 29 years old, gonna be 30. He's got, or I think he's already 30. He's got four years, uh, almost 207 million dollars left on this contract. That final year, it's a player option for almost 60 million dollars. He is going to opt into that. Breaking news. I can report that right now. You know what I mean? So it's you don't really necessarily want to lock yourself into that, especially when you consider Jimmy Butler is 34 years old. And I understand, like, short-term, yeah, maybe there's something to say be said about just going for it and then figuring it out later. And I do wonder whether or not Miami would have gone for it and figured it out later if they could have gotten Bradley Beal to waive the no-trade clause. But as soon as it was clear that Beal wanted that no-trade clause to come with him, Miami was obviously just ready to back out. And, yeah, look, getting up, getting into that second luxury tax apron, and regardless of, like, how much money Mickey Harrison is willing to spend on this roster, all of the limitations and roster construction that come with that, you've got to ask yourself if you're the Heat's front office, Hey, if we get Beal with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, we're, we're, we're going to be really good, but that's it. Like, we're, it's going to be yeah. really hard to supplement the roster around that. Goodbye, Caleb Martin. Goodbye, Haywood Highsmith. Goodbye, oh, yeah. uh, Kyle Lowry probably is sent away in that trade anyway. Goodbye, Duncan Robinson. We've gotta, we're have got we going to have to find a way to salary dump him just because of where they would be standing uh, in terms of total salary. So it would just be a lot of stuff there. And ultimately, again, he decided that they did not want to do it. Um, kind of interesting stuff on Monday morning, David, because – you had also Pat Riley talking with the local beat reporters uh, about Miami's summer in general, and he told this to uh, Anthony Chang of the Miami Herald, quote, we were really reluctant this summer in giving up all of our assets and any kind of discussions with anybody, and we decided that let's do it. Let's do it this year with Jimmy, and then we make some decisions from that standpoint. Jimmy and the crew, he's been with Tyler and Bam now going into his fifth year. So that's where my thinking is, and I think that's where Spo is also. So when he says let's do it, he means Let's do it again with this group, right? And that they just didn't want to give up a bunch of assets for any trade, whether it was Bradley Beal or obviously Drew Holiday or Damian Lillard. And that's why we kept hearing during, during the entire process of this summer, hey, like, we're not desperate, right? Like, that's the word that kept inking out inking out of, of Miami is we're not going to be desperate to do anything. We want to keep some, we want to keep players here and we want to try if we can get Damian Lillard, we'll do it. But we're going to we're going to try to steal them essentially. And they tried that and ultimately it didn't work. So what did, what did you think about Pat Riley again, going on the record here and just saying, yeah, we didn't want to just give up all this stuff. Clearing the air a little bit. Uh, I think again, uh, probably hearing a lot of concern from heat fans, but also voicing his own concern. I think there, the, the idea that, and maybe this was just a way that Anthony kind of framed the piece, but you know, kind of talking about Miami typically dealing with four-year windows, mm -hmm. whether it's the Shaq and Wade pairing or the Zoe and Hardaway pairing, which went a little bit longer than four years, the big three, obviously. And now, as Jimmy Butler, Bam, and Tyler prepare for season five together, 
they've had a lot of success, but no championship to kind of speak for yep. that success. And so I think, you know, there's concerns there. I, I, I don't I, know what to make of Riley's statements. Cause we, you and I have talked about this a number of times. Like he says some things, but then he doesn't, he's kind of vague and purposely. So at the same time, I think, I, I think they went, I think they kind of went, you know, we were talking about in this, our episode yesterday, as far as uh Scoville units uh, in terms of yes. like the hot takes, it's like he, he was, he was definitely more on the lower end of the spectrum of the right. Scoville units there. The Tabasco stuff. But this, this was, this was a little bit more Carolina Reaper when he tells, when he tells Anthony, uh, we're in the fifth year, Jimmy is anxious. We're anxious, but you get to the point where does it run its course? Not Jimmy, but does the team run its course? I think that also speaks to maybe the, the team's mindset over the summer that they wanted to add. Like we could talk about the assets and what they weren't in the no trade club. They wanted to add somebody to Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. They wanted a big name. They wanted Beal. They wanted Holiday. They wanted Damian Lillard to a degree, right? If, if the cost was right, they wanted those guys. And so I do, I, I think it is fair to say like, hey, Jimmy's 34 years old. Like what is, is this really going to run its course? And I do think that this is a, team that is prepared i think to ask really tough questions and have really difficult conversations depend next summer depending on how this season plays out so um it'll be interesting to see what happens here um a couple more things on this topic before we get to our over-unders including how many games we think jimmy butler is going to play this season we're going to get to those over-unders and then finish up this conversation next here on locked on heat Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Snap into the action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook right now. New customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets whether you win or lose. And if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, especially now with the start of the NBA season, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options that we'll talk about later on today's episode from spreads to player props, over-unders, and more. Go visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NBA season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL and NBA. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app. Also, the Lockdown Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here. It's a six-episode series with all 30 of our Lockdown NBA team shows. From contenders to tankers, we go in-depth to the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube, wherever you get it is that you get your podcasts. Heads up that the Miami Heat section that we were part of uh, is part of the Contenders episode. Mm. All right, so that's you're not going to find so. them in the Tankers episode. Um, <laughs> all right, before we get to these over unders, and I'm so excited for this stuff. This is some of my favorite stuff we do all year, but. I, I feel like I'm burying the lead here a little bit, David, based on everything we were just talking about. Bradley Beal, Pat Riley, what he was saying on the record, what Bradley Beal said on the record, what the Heat have said on the record in terms of the no trade clause and the reasons why they did not ultimately make a big trade this season. With all of that now in mind, and 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 again, to use your word, the clarification of all of it, I think it's fair to ask this question again. Did the Heat blow it? <laughs> uh, no, I don't think they did. I, I think... They wanted something specific out of Bradley Beal. And this is a lose-lose situation for Miami from a lot of Heat fans' perspective. If the Beal trade happens, and we talked about Bradley Beal a lot, as big a name as he was, and you and I both agree, 
not a significant upgrade over what Tyler Hero is likely able to provide this season. Then you're talking about a, a, a huge salary that you're locked into. And I think Miami was very smart and fair in saying, look, we want to try this. We do think that you could be better than Tyler in the short term and that you might give us a better chance at winning. But down the road, we can't afford to pay you this. And, you know, this yeah. is what Bradley gets for getting that huge contract. He chose the money, and there's nothing wrong with that. But, you know, he also was not going to and, work and, into Miami's long-term future here. And to your point also, like, was that difference in money, the difference in, from what Tyler Hero was making, what Bradley Beal was making, was that worth the extra X amount of points per game, whatever it is, is, again, I think a question. Yes. And ultimately, you and I came down on the same thing here. If you had to give up Tyler Hero, it wasn't worth getting Bradley Beal. Not just, nobody's saying that Bradley Beal isn't a better player than Tyler Hero. I think everybody agrees that Bradley Beal is a better scorer right now than Tyler Hero right now. Right? But what can Tyler Hero turn into? And considering that he's on a team-friendly contract that's much more uh, yeah. uh, affordable and also yeah. obviously does not contain a no-trade clause, uh, much to, I guess, Tyler Hero's chagrin here. But, um, yeah. So I, I have no problem right that they did that they didn't pull the trigger on the Beal trade. Now, whether or not they chose to withhold certain assets because they didn't want to go all in this season for, say, Dame Lillard or sure. anybody else, I think that's where they could be a little bit more fairly scrutinized. I know there's a lot of concern, but I also think, again, that Portland wasn't willing to engage Miami. I, I know there's been – it's kind of blurred, to be 100% honest with you. I mean, sure. this is our work. This is what we figure out every day and talk about every day. I still don't know what exactly happened, whether Miami screwed the pooch in this and didn't offer the full package available, whether it was just Joe Cronin holding on greedily and refusing to deal with Miami or a combination of both, which I think is where it likely lies. I think Miami was probably, again, being smart and trying to say, look, we want to be able to get Dane, but we're also not willing to blow up everything that we have in order to acquire him. And then Joe Cronin was like, I don't care what you're going to offer. We're not going to deal him to you anyway because we right. could probably get more, which is you know fair as well. Uh, I think uh, I have no problem with what they did on Beal. I think they screwed it up with Damian Lillard. I think, um, and and that's <laughs> so. Should they have given up everything? Should they have blown? No, up the I, I think even before that, even before that, they could they could literally oh, have with called the agent. Joe Cronin. Yeah, they could have called Joe Cronin and offered the entire roster. They could have said, "Here's Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo," and Joe Cronin still would have said no, just out of spite. You know what I mean? So I think um, I, I do. I, I think yeah, they screwed up with the agent. The agent also screwed this up, and the Heat should have found a way to get in a room or to get on a real phone call and, and eliminate all those distractions that basically toxified the entire trade conversations that never really happened after summer league in the first place. That's probably where they screwed it up. If anything. And I don't think it has anything to do with how many assets or whatever it is. Can I ask a quick question? Sure. Do you think, and I think you've hinted at it before, but I'm not hundred percent sure. Do you think that Miami's front office and Aaron Goodwin, Dame Lillard's agent co-formulated this strategy? Or was it just Goodwin's gamble and say, this is our best chance of being able to force Joe Cronin in Portland's hand and trading him to Miami, which is where Dame wants to play? I don't know that they co-formulated it. I've never gotten any indication that, like, for example, like Pat Riley was like, here, here's what you do. Tell tell them Miami or <laughs> it's nothing. It's the crib notes, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that Aaron Goodwin tried really hard to be a big-time agent. And, and look, you look at his client list. It's, it's on the internet. He's not, he's a good, you know, he's a successful agent. No doubt. He's got Damon Lillard, right. but he's not CAA. He's not clutch. He's not, he doesn't, op, he doesn't operate with that type type of wide net. And I think this was him trying to make us take a stand and be like, Hey, look, also Damon Lillard is an older player right now. And I need to kind of 
make a point and, and make a name for myself. And I think he overplayed his hand here. And and I think the Heat could have done a better job helping them to not. <laughs> That's yeah, fair. So, I, I um, think if there's one positive takeaway, just to kind of put a bow on this, sure. For Heat fans, like both Dame Lillard and Bradley Peel, who did not wind up in Miami, both of them still had Miami on their preferred list of destinations. Like Miami is still an ideal destination yep. for a lot of players. And I think a lot of Heat fans question the, the the strength of the organization. I know 29 other fan bases were ready to ridicule Miami. Miami is still a top destination for players, and it's not the sandy beaches or anything else. It's the culture. It's the front office stability. It's the fact that Eric Spolster, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo are here. So I think that's something that you can definitely take yes. some comfort in. The next superstar that asks for a trade, Miami figures to be a, a, a player in whatever definitely. That conversation definitely. is, right? So. All right, let's move on to the over-unders here. I'm so excited for this. So excited. Yeah, music no, queued up? Let's just get a horn. Let's go. Um, I don't have any, like, what's a good over-under music? I don't know. Um, Something moody and mysterious? You know, you're gambling your life here, right? Basically? I, I suppose, yeah. Um, that, that seems a little extreme. Um, all right, let's just get right to it. Let's. Uh, I just got a list here. I'm just going to go through them. Let's start easy. FanDuel has Miami's wins at 44 and a half. That's their own. That's where they have the win percentage, uh, the win set at the over under 44.5 wins. Are you going over or under for the Miami Heat? I'm um, going under. You're going under 44 and a half wins. Mm-hmm. All right. Why? I think they'll go 44 wins right on the money. I think oh. uh, the 44, yeah, 44 and 38 seems fair. I think you have a combination of. Uh, you know, lack of roster turnover. As much as we keep hearing that this team is is like I I I don't care, and I'll go right now and say I don't care how many t- wins this team has over the eighty two game regular season because none of it matters. And I think they've mm-hmm. proven that over the last few seasons, and that's still my firm conviction. I said last year at the beginning of the season, through the long slough of the season, that you know we saw their dreadful offense struggle in mm-hmm. February and March and everything else. I said that this was still a championship contending team. And I still believe that. I don't care how many team wins they get in, in January or February. I think it matters most to this team. And to Jimmy Butler, they have another switch to flip, and they will flip it in April. And I think that's what my, that's what kind of fuels okay. my decision-making process. I still, I still think 44 it, and 38 is their final record. That's what their record was last year, 44 and 38. So uh, that was good enough to get them into the playing tournament. I think this team is going to be motivated to not be in the playing tournament. And I think they're going to try to push themselves to something higher – than 45 wins, which would be obviously over the 44.5 marker here. Um, I'm going to go over, yeah. partly because I think the Heat don't, I I don't think it's that they don't care about the the regular season. I think that they do care about the regular season, and I think that they don't want to be in the playing tournament. I think they're going to be really motivated to get out of it. And again, 44 wins was good enough to get to the playing tournament, but not good enough to be a top six seed. Uh, I also think that they're going to be helped by better offensive bounce of the ball you know they they mm-hmm. a lot of guys um backslid in terms of three-point percentage last year Caleb Martin Max Drews Gabe Vincent Duncan Robinson all of them had slumps last year in terms yeah. of three-point shooting that were frankly so unsustainable that it was only a matter of time before all of them caught fire and then they did in the playoffs literally at the perfect time right so uh, I, I think you're going to get a more sustained normal is like normalized output from three-point percentage probably not going to be the number one team in the league in three-point percentage the way they were two years ago but probably not going to be one of the worst teams like they were last year if that falls somewhere right in the middle then then that's probably worth two three four wins you know what i mean like that's really what we're talking about here so i've got over i don't think they're going to be dramatically over but i i'm going over on the 44 and a half wins kind of in the same realm here the six 
the six and a half seed, six point five seed, their 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 playoff seed, how they finish in the East. I've got them at six point five. Do you think that they'll have a better seed than that or a worse seed than that? Oh, I guess, I guess uh, the sixth seed. Like, where does that uh, would that be technically under? Then, like, I, I mean, I could see them be the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. So you you've got them at the sixth seed. That's I think I've, I I would go top six. Yeah, I don't really know how to frame over under on this because it's very confusing. But I would have them in the top six. Yeah. How are you a six and a half seed? Like, where 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 are you kind of? Well, like, that's why it's the over under. So do you think that they'll finish in the playing tournament? Right? Because if you go whatever, no, because six seed would know. be under right six feet. It's it the language is not important here. Do, okay. I'm basically asking you: Do you think they'll fall into the playing tournament, or will they no. end up being one of the top six seeds? I think I think they'll avoid it when they be succeeded. Okay, um, I agree. I think you've got Milwaukee, Boston, Philadelphia, and Cleveland, and I would probably put the Knicks in there, yeah, as sure. I, I I feel pretty good about all those teams ending up in the top six with Miami. You've got Brooklyn, who had 45 wins last year. Um, ending up in the top, they they were the sixth seed in the East last year. I don't think they're going to get anywhere close to 45 wins this year. I just don't know who scores on that team. I think defensively they're going to be elite. I just don't think that they're going to be the sixth seed. They could be in the play-in tournament. Maybe Atlanta. I could see Atlanta with Quinn Snyder for a full season bouncing back. Yeah, Maybe th- that would be to me. Uh, that's who I've got. I've got Milwaukee, Boston, Philly, Cleveland, New York, Atlanta, and Miami. Seven of those team, six of those seven end up in the top six. One of them obviously ends up in the play-in. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if New York ended up in the play-in either. So yeah. that's what I got. All right. So I, we both got him in the top six. Uh, how many games will Jimmy Butler play this season? How many points per game will Bam Adebayo average or over-unders continue after this? Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets for your next big event because Game Time makes everything so fast and easy for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater shows you might want to go to got great last minute deals all in prices views from your seat click in the app to find exactly what seats you're looking for and you get a view of exactly where you're going to be sitting you know it's not obstructed it's a perfect view for whatever show you might be wanting to go to and best of all their best price guarantee they take all the guesswork out of buying tickets on their easy to use app download the game time app create an account Use the code LOCKDOWNNBA and you get $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply, but again, create an account and redeem the code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-B-A. That's LOCKDOWNNBA, $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Thanks for making Lockdown Heat your first listen every day. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app every day or make sure you tune in. Wednesday night, Thursday morning for our recap of the Miami Heat season opener against the Detroit Pistons. David and I will be coming uh, from the Kaseya Center immediately following the game. So you can check it out. Exciting. Exciting. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. All right. Moving on with our over-unders. Let's get into some player stuff here. Jimmy Butler, games played. 60.5. Are you going over (laughs) or under? Oh, man. This is really tough. That's a tough number, too. Yeah, 60 feels like right smack dab in them. It's a good number. I I'm I I'm gonna go under. I, I, I just think you have to. Like I I think for for based on everything I just said and based on everything we've seen from Jimmy and what everything that the team wants from Jimmy, I think they would be perfectly fine with him sitting out extra games and still being able to lead the charge the way he has over the last couple of seasons in the playoffs when it matters most. And so given that, I think he'll take more than his fair share of games off. 
Uh, I think if the preseason is in the indicator, he's probably going to be mm. a lot more comfortable taking those games off, and with good reason. Again, I, you know what? This team is deep. You've got a long young, a lot of young players who need this experience because we've seen over the last couple of seasons how vital it is for your Gabe Vincent, your Max Struesser, now in this case, your Haywood Highsmith, your Jaime Hawkins, your Caleb Martin. Those guys need to get their reps in during the regular season. We know what Jimmy's going to be like when it comes down to April. So that is not a concern. I think he plays less than 60 games. Um, so they've got 13 back-to-backs. He's not playing those. So you go 82 minus 13. That's 69 games right there. Okay? That's, that's it. Um, Are you using a calculator? Because you came up with that fast. Or did you have I this pre-written? I did use a calculator. <laughs> I did use a calculator. West math. We know about West math. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you called me out on that. Um, all right, that's fine. It was so quick. I was like, you didn't even hum. <laughs> there's no or... way. No, there's no way. Yeah, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. Uh, Okie dokie. We're uh, Jimmy Butler. Yeah, 69 games played is basically the minimum. Once he sits out all those back to backs, we know he's going to miss other games in in the midst of the rest of the season. He is on average played about 75 percent of Miami's games. Right? There's a couple of 72 uh, game seasons in there during his stint in Miami. But basically, if he plays his average amount of games, that's right at 61.5. So between 61 and 62 games this year, that over-under is at 60.5. With all of that, I still can't go over. I just can't make myself do it. Now, the only reason I think he would even be motivated at all to play 65, even if he were healthy, yeah. to, to play more than that would, to be, would to hit that 65-game minimum. And I know that he says he doesn't care about it, but if he's kind, if it's just there, and if he's already on track to play six, like, okay, just play the other four. You know what I mean? Like, it, mm-hmm. he might be so close that he played the. He, he would play. He would not play the other four if it was that close. Just to kind of, he, he would play like I could see him playing the first sixty games of the season and then sitting out the last two, or the first sixty-four games and then sitting out the last eighteen. You know, like, yeah. just to spite everybody. Like just that's just who Jimmy is. Um, nope. Also very fair. I'm going to end up going under on it. Cause I just think between the yeah. back to backs and there's going to be a month there where he's got an ankle sprain or a knee, you know, knee sprain sure. or something like that. And he's going to take his time with it and that'll be it. So I'm going to go under on that despite some of the numbers saying that it could go the other way. Um, all right. Tyler hero. This one's interesting. Mm. 26.5 is the number Ooh. for points plus assists. You're going over on that. He was at 24.3 points plus assists last year per game. Yeah, 26.5 is a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I think he can average 24 points per game, and I think he can have over three assists per game. So I think he's usually around four or five assists. So okay. Yeah. I'm I'm going over on that too. I'm going over on that too. All right, let's do something similar. Bam out of bio, 24.5 points per game. Over under. Points per game, just points. Yep, just points. 24.5. Bam. I'm going to take the over on that. Wow. That's a lot of points, man. I know. I think this is the summer of Bam. He just he just looks different. Like I we he is he's been a great player for a long time. I think he's just he's ready to be 1A on this team. I think that the Heat are really interested in seeing if he can average 25 points per game. I'm going to frame it that way. Yeah. Um I think that that's a very important number for them and for Bam and for what they think Bam could be. If Bam averaged 25 points per game this year, that would, and and still played elite level defense, 
Ah, that's one of the top <laughs> 15 players in the NBA. I don't think that's even debatable. Think about what that is, right? No, no doubt. But yeah. I don't know that I, you know what? I mean, it's kind of, we, we both of us said yesterday in our bold predictions that we think he'll win defensive player of the year. I wonder if maybe he just, you know, doesn't not necessarily take a step back defensively, but again, similar to what we see with Jimmy, like he plays, he could play defense when it matters most. He could come up with a game saving block or steal or whatever. You know, that's just as good as he I, is. I, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't see him sacrificing the defensive end of the ball, even if it means he could score for more points offensively. I think his default setting is, you know what? I'm just not going to score that many points offensively because he, I don't think he can give up the defensive side. And I, I think that based uh, how important he is to Miami's yeah. system too, like I don't know that they can afford. Maybe you take a ten percent, you know, back step in defense to get a ten percent leap in offensive production. I don't know. I'm going to go under on twenty four point five. I just think that that's a lot of points, um, and I just don't. I think there's going to be some nights where it's just going to be impossible for him to get there. Um, let's do a few more here. This one's pretty good. Defensive rating. Do the Heat finish better or worse than the seven? and a half spot so 7.5 in defensive rating so they were ninth last better. year they were ninth last year no worse worse okay i thought initially i said better i think it's it might be just slightly worse and that's all that matters it just has to be a little bit worse for it to matter i think i'm gonna go under on this also i think they'll finish worse uh and you know what i'm hoping that they finish worse don't I don't care about being a top seven defense. You got to get this offense out of the mud at some point. And if you're going to have to sacrifice a little bit of what you do defensively and put some better players that could score on the floor a little bit more often, like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and guys like that, I'm here for it. Go score points. Forget it. Which brings us to our next one. Offensive rating, 20.5. Oh, uh, I'll take the over on that. So you think they'll finish better or worse? Better. Okay. So you think they'll finish in the top 20 in offensive rating. Yeah, that doesn't seem outlandish. I mean, they were 26 last year. Yeah, I know. But if you're talking about the three-point you know, uh, regression to the previous season, sure. Uh, if they have a couple of big games here, again, if Tyler and Bam take even an incremental bump, I think that's enough. I mean, you probably have a little bit of a regular season regression from Jimmy, but whatever. I, I think you'll get enough from the supporting cast that could put them over the 20 mark. Doesn't seem outlandish. I think there's a lot of really good offenses. <laughs> I'm gonna go under. Better, better easier not, than Miami. Yeah, I'm gonna go under. I don't think by much. I got them like at 21 or 22, but I think that's probably where they settle. Something like that. That's, that's um, where the line is. Duncan Robinson, Ooh. three and a half made three pointers per game. What did he average last year? I don't. I don't two, know this. Two point two made threes somewhere around that, but he's been around there before. I mean, he barely played last year, also. So yeah, keep in mind. More minutes without Max Struess and Ogay Vincent there. I think Duncan Robinson figures to be a more prominent part of the rotation. So those minutes will kick up a notch. Um, let's see if he's ever actually averaged. I think he, he's averaged. He, uh, he yeah, had more than one year where he led the league yeah, yeah. in point shooting. So yeah. um, he's Quick done it. The 300 he's done it twice. Right? Okay. He had, yeah, okay. had 3.5 three years ago, 3.7 uh, the year before that. I'm going to so take the under. You're going under? Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, only guy hit him last I, year. I, yeah, for, I think he'll hit him at a higher rate, but I think he'll go under. I got him over. I'm okay. going to go over. Uh, I, the only guys to do it last year were Buddy Heel, Donovan Mitchell, LaMelo Ball, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and Steph. Those are the only guys to average three and a half made three-pointers per game. I'm going over. I think that the okay. Heat need – when you think about the guy – because they've lost so many of their three-point shooters, you think about what it would take for them to 
even shoot between 35 and 43 pointers a game, which is probably what their goal is going to be this regular oh, season. Duncan Robinson's got to take like 10 of them, right? Between Duncan and Tyler Hero, you need them to average like 22 three-point attempts per game between the two of them. So, and then you're just going to get them from other spots everywhere else between Haywood Highsmith and Caleb Martin and all those other guys. So I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over on three and a half. I think we're going to get a good Duncan Robinson year. Uh, Caleb Martin, 11.5 points per game over or under. I'll take the even odds on that one. I don't think, uh, yeah, I don't think he goes over or under. You think he hits 11.5 on the nose. That's what Bruce Brown scored per game last year for Denver. I think that's fair. I don't, I don't, again, Uh, I think, Miami's depth just isn't going to be it's, – it's just it's too good, I think, and you're going to get a lot of contributions across the board. And I don't think that Caleb, as much as he's showcasing his talent for his next team and his next contract, I don't think he's also going to sabotage Miami's chances at being victorious, especially during the regular season. I, he doesn't strike me as that type of player. And so I don't think he's going to hijack the offense, as we've seen other players do. So I think it's going to be pretty much even keel from what we saw last year. He was at like 9.5 or 9.7, I think, points per game last year and bad three-point shooting numbers. So I think we're going to see a better three-point shooting number, and you're going to just see that number kind of naturally go up. I'm going to go over. It's a slight yeah. over. I, I also think because he's going to be playing power forward a lot less in terms of yeah. being the starting power forward this year, um, that kind of puts him in a spot where he can you know, play up against or play against other second units, other backups, get out in transition, and score. I, I think if he scores like 12 points per game, I don't think that's him hijacking the offense. I think the Heat are going to need that if they're looking for some sort of Maybe. improvement offensively. If you can kind of get like a cool like Tyler Hero, Thomas Bryant, Caleb Martin base second unit, I think Caleb could thrive in that uh, 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 kind of attacking the second side of defenses and things like that. So I'm going to go over 11.5. I don't feel great about it. I don't, I don't think I'd put a ton of money on it, but I'll go over on it. Um, I got a few more here before we wrap up, David. Let's do it. Haywood Highsmith. Over under a hundred made threes this season in total. Oh, uh, under, under. Okay. Yeah. So, what was a number that would have made you think? Because I initially I had 80, 82 here. I had like eighty two made three pointers. I think that's about it. Like I think that's that's pretty. Like it's just over. You know, it's one per game. Uh, assuming he's going to miss a couple of games here and there, it's like one point mm-hmm. two out of. Like I'd say he'll probably average like 1.2 makes over like 3.5 attempts per game or something like that. <laughs> Somebody remember this, a listener, like make a note of that. And if that's exactly if that's exactly what happens at the end of the year, please send that to us. Um, so originally that's what I said. I had like 82. I was like, yeah, one per game. That seems normal. I looked at his preseason numbers. I know they're preseason, but I looked at his preseason uh-huh. numbers. 3.8 three-point attempts per game. That's 380. And I did not need a calculator for this, David. That's 380 three-point attempts for the season if he averages that for 82 games, right? So no, it's not. It's a no, it's, not. it's a round number. I'm rounding number, okay? <laughs> so uh, it's, it's far less. 3.8 over 82 games. You did 3.8 over 100 games. That's 380. Oh, my God. You're right. I'm so bad at math. Uh, so it's like 350-something <laughs> in that area. So he's got to make a third of those to get 100 three-pointers. I'm going to... I, I think he's going to take him a lot. I think he's going to be a prominent player. He's already missing a couple games. He's going to miss two weeks, so that's going to hurt. But I think that there's enough of a cushion there. I'm actually going to go over. I think he makes over 100 threes. And I don't know. Oh, yeah. I, I think he's going to have to take him. I think he's going to have to take him, and the Heat are going to need him to take him. So I'm going to go over. Uh, last one here. 
Kevin Love, 50 and a half games started. Over. Over. You know, over 50.5 games started for Kevin Love. Yeah. I okay. think so. I don't think he's going to succumb to injury. I think he's in good, as good a shape as Kevin Love can be at this stage in his career. Sure. Well said. And, yeah. And I think that he's going to continue to start and just get a reduced role, as we've seen Spo wisely do. He's like, you know what? You get 10 minutes to start. If you're hot, you can come in in the second quarter if we really need you, if we need to go big for whatever reason. If we need a three-point bucket at the end of the game and a rebound, you're our guy. Uh, I think there's going to be spot opportunities here and there, but I think he'll continue to start for now. This is also kind of asking, does Haywood Highsmith eventually become the starting power forward? And if he does, when? Right? Yeah. And if that doesn't happen until the last couple of months of the season, then this is very much in play for, for Kevin Love. But if this happens something right closer to January or something, um, maybe this isn't necessarily in play. I'm going to go over. I'm going to go over anyway. I, I just don't think he's going to play a ton of minutes. I think, you know, he's, he can average 20 to 22 minutes per game. You do that. He could stay healthy. He could continue to start for you. I think there's a lot of teams with a lot of size right now. Um, that's going to be important to, for Miami to, to keep in mind when they start games. That said, I think there's going to be certain matchups where they say, you know what, let's just go ahead and start Haywood Highsmith or Caleb Martin at the four and, and just sort of because we need to match up smaller or something like that. So I don't know. I, that seems, yeah, I, I, I hear what not you're a saying. Not a lot, we're, but maybe a handful. Yeah. Like, and that, right. but even, but not a, but to my point, not enough to, to detract from the 50.5 here. So I would, yeah, I'll go over on it and I actually feel pretty good about it. Feel pretty good yeah, about that. that. Anything else that you wanted to any uh I'm trying to think of any other over-unders that we can come up with the top of the head, but we're, we pretty much hit a lot of things here. How about number of games played for Jaime Hawkes? Games played just in general? Yeah. You want to set that at I mean, he's dealing with the groin injury. He was a full uh, mostly full participant in practice on Monday. I think he's gonna be yeah. available opening night Wednesday. Um he's young, he seems healthy enough. 70? 70.5, you want to go over right, on that? You, you think he's going to get that kind of opportunity right oh, away? Oh, I see what I you just... mean. Oh, no, no. I think I misunderstood the question. Okay, so not no, just no. available, but like going to play. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not suited up. Who cares? I mean, if he's on the sideline, like actual games, minutes logged, you know, as far as over the – I would say half. Like 45? Season. Yeah, like 45.5 is the over-under? You yeah, go over or say, under that? I would go under. I'll, do, I'll go over. I go over. I think I think that I think he's going to play a lot towards the end of the season, especially after the Heat make a consolation trade during the at the trade deadline. There'll uh, be no opportunity there. Tying all the narratives together in one episode. <laughs> uh, that'll do it for us today. Thanks for making Locked On Heat your first listen every day. Hit that subscribe button on YouTube. Follow us on your favorite podcast app, and make sure that you check out the Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview, a six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked On NBA team shows from contenders to tankers. We go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA on YouTube, wherever it is that you get your podcasts.